the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Beautiful hymn, Lord. Beautiful hymn. May it be as we have sung, and may they not just be words on a screen. To each generation, tell the truth. Encourage, commend, persuade. May your children do that. Though our personalities are as different as Peter's and Andrew's, you use each of us for your kingdom. Twelve disciples, each of them uniquely different. You used each of them to serve your kingdom. And when Judas was gone, you chose another to serve your kingdom. May it be so for us, in our Lord's name. Amen. Let me read John chapter 1. The next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. Those two disciples were Andrew and John. When John the Baptist saw Jesus passing by, he said to those two disciples, Behold the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard John the Baptist say this about Jesus, they left him and they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? We want to spend some time with you. Come, he replied, and you will see So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two disciples who heard what John the Baptist had said, who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon Peter, and he said to him, We have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at Simon and said to him, You are Simon, son of Jonas. You will now be called Cephas, which means the rock. And then he listed the mighty apostles. There are three that stand out, three that you would know. The triumvirates, Peter, James, and John. And if you were asked to go further with the list, You would start sweating a little bit, and you would then remember Matthew, the tax collector, and you would remember Judas, the one who betrayed him. And then maybe you'd be stumped. Perhaps you'd remember Philip, who baptized Ethiopian, Acts chapter 8. And maybe, maybe you would remember doubting Thomas. But would it stop there for you, half of them done? Thaddeus, Bartholomew, Andrew... Would you remember them? Most of us know nothing about Andrew. Why should we? He's only mentioned three times in the Gospels. But you and I ought to know about Andrew because we bump into him every single day. Andrew is the saint of the rank and the file. Andrew is what theologians call the ordinary saint. He's a Christian who sits beside you in the commuter train. Every single day. He's a Christian that 
uh, gathers up your garbage. He's a Christian who works on your roof, your plumbing. He's a Christian who served you in the restaurant last night. They are quiet. They are unassuming. They have no pretensions. They serve the kingdom in a manner that is pleasing to God. They wait on you in the store. They're the Uber driver. They're next to you in the office. It's a quiet neighbor right next to you when you're not feeling well. Says, I can, I can take care of your grass for you. Andrew is all around you. The Simon Peters you don't bump into very often. They are busy with other things. They don't have time for the ordinary. God has called them to greater tasks. Tasks that you and I can't come close to. The Martin Luthers of the world, the Billy Grahams of the world, the Charles Wesleys of the world. Mighty appointments from God. And when you get to heaven, there'll be thousands, if not millions of people, affected by the Simon Peters of the world, bold and brass, and setting themselves out there. But there will be even more people in heaven who, if you ask them how they came to know the Lord, it will be the Andrews of the world that touch their lives. When Jesus says, Matthew five sixteen, let your light so shine before men that they may see your goodness and your kindness in your every day. Let your light so shine before men that they may see this and give glory to God. The Simon Peters of the world are not like the rest of us. I don't think their light shines in the same way that the ordinary saint shines their lights. I don't think Simon Peter would shovel someone's driveway. He had busier things to do. I don't think he'd bring an apple pie by some. I don't think if you dropped your groceries in the store, it'd be Simon Peter that came rushing to help you. It'd be the Andrews of the world. I don't think if you're having a rough day in school that Simon Peter would even notice it. He would be with the other important people in that school. It'd be the Andrews who saw that you were hurting, and it would be the Andrews that came to you. He's mentioned so infrequently in the Bible. I wonder if Andrew had his feelings hurt when Jesus would say to Peter, James, and John, Come with me. Come with me to the Mount Transfiguration. Come with me to the Garden of Gethsemane. I wonder if Andrew's feelings were hurt. I don't think so. He had played second fiddle his entire life. But it did not affect him. His purpose was not the same as Peter's. His genetic makeup was not the same as Peter's. He could care less who Jesus was inviting to come with him. He was probably off somewhere telling someone about his Lord. Let me begin at the beginning, Andrew's home, Bethsaida of Galilee. You inquire where he is, and they send you to the house. And when you get to the house, he is not there. 
Five of Jesus' twelve disciples from Bethsaida of Galilee. John and James and Philip and Peter and Andrew. When you get to his house, the father say, not here. Go to Zebedee's house, you find him there. And when you go to Zebedee's house, you see two young men in a passionate conversation with the old man, Zebedee. As you get closer, you understand that they are saying to Zebedee, we're going away. We've heard that there is a prophet on the Jordan River. There hasn't been a prophet in Israel in 400 years. We're going to hear him. And Zebedee knows Andrew and John very well. And he knows that if they go to this prophet, that they will not come back. They will be enraptured by him. And that is exactly what happens. They go and listen to John the Baptist. John the Baptist filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. And that is why when John is preaching, the crowds of 2,000 and 5,000 and 10,000 are coming to listen to him. The Holy Spirit is strong within John the Baptist. Repent, he says, kingdom of God is near. And that's exactly what Andrew and John do. They leave the fishing trade and they follow the Baptist. It's a brief time later that someone passes by and John the Baptist says to Andrew and John, I must decrease, he must increase. This is the Messiah. I'm not worthy to touch his sandals. And sure enough, Andrew and John, they follow Jesus. And they spend the day with him, let's say ten hours with him. And after ten hours, they are convinced of one thing. This is the Messiah. As far as we know, they haven't seen a single miracle. They have just listened to him speak. They say, this is the Messiah. Are you surprised one day? You ought not to be. Thief on the cross spends an hour and a half with him. And he says, this is the Messiah. Roman centurion is there for six hours. He says, this is the Messiah. Nicodemus spends a little portion of the night with him. And he says, this is the Messiah. Zacchaeus, a couple of hours, gives away half his wealth. This is the Messiah. Andrew, where does he go? Does he go to his friends in the fishing union? No. Doesn't go to the union hall. Where does he go? To his brother, Simon Peter. Why? Two reasons, perhaps. Number one, he loved Simon Peter intensely. This is his older brother. He worshipped Simon Peter, perhaps. And when he finds the Messiah, he can't think of anyone else that he would share the message with first than Simon Peter. Simon, come with me, I found the Messiah. Or maybe, maybe, Andrew said, I finally have something up on my brother. I have found the Messiah. The Messiah didn't come to my brother, came to me. I got something on him. Can hardly wait to share it with him. I don't think that was his reason, because that wasn't in his nature. He goes to Simon Peter and says, come, 
And then he says, Simon Peter, let me introduce you to Jesus. And with pride beaming in his face, he says to Jesus, let me introduce you to my brother Simon. And what does Jesus do? All of a sudden, Andrew becomes invisible. Jesus kind of puts him to the side. And he speaks directly to Simon Peter, says to him, Your name is Simon, you're the son of Jonas. But I shall now call you Cephas. You shall be the rock, you shall be the leader of the disciples. Feel a little badly for Andrew that all of a sudden he's invisible, but but maybe Jesus thought, I spent ten hours with Andrew, and I'm meeting Peter for the first time. Andrew goes with him for three years, sees all the miracles that Jesus has done. And every time he sees a miracle, he is reinforced that this is the Son of God. The ordinary saints, which is a sermon title, Can God Use Ordinary Saints? You have five talented people, the Simon Peters of the world. And then you have Andrew. He was not a leader, he's a follower. It wasn't Simon Peter who became a disciple of John the Baptist. He wouldn't have thought about such things. He had other things to think about. It was Andrew who went after John the Baptist. It was Andrew who first became Jesus' disciple. Andrew was never Andrew. He was always Simon Peter's brother. If you had an older brother or sister who went to high school before you did, or went to the same college you did, you really didn't have a name. You were their brother or sister for all four years. You were their brother or your sister. For some people, it's difficult to play second fiddle. Whether it's in the family or in the neighborhood or the place where you work, it's very, very difficult for them. Some are scarred by it. I talk to people in my office and they say, Ever since I was a little kid, mom and dad would always brag about my older brother or older sister, how smart they were, how athletic they were, and I just felt like nothing. I think of Ecclesiastes 5.19. I think about it often. You know it now. If God gives any man wealth and possessions, the wealth is the people sitting next to you, your friends, your family, your eyesight, your hearing. If God gives any man wealth and possessions, enables him to accept their circumstance in life, this is a gift from God. Accept your circumstance in life. You're single. You're married. You're married without children. You're married with children. You have this job. You go to this school. You are this position in your family. You're this position in the church, in the union hall. If God enables you to accept your circumstance of life, this is a gift from him. Such a person does not dwell too much, if only this, if only this, if only this, because God keeps them occupied with gladness of hearts. Andrew could care less. He had one purpose. People. Andrew was interested in people. He was not interested in power. Just people. 
two portraits of the man, both in the scripture. It's late afternoon, the shadows of the sun have lengthened, the long hot day here draws to a close. There are 5,000, not counting the women and children, who have listened to Jesus all day long, perhaps another 10 hours. Jesus sees the sun begin to go down. He realizes people are hungry, 10,000 stomachs growling. And then he says to his disciples, How can we get enough bread to feed these people? Who answers? Do you remember? Who answers him? Andrew answers him. Andrew says, There's a boy here, Jesus. He has five barley loaves and two fish. And then Andrew says, but how ignorant of me, because five barley loaves and two fish can't feed 10,000 people. My question to you is, how did Andrew know about the boy and the lunch that he had? Can I speculate with you? Andrew was a type who would have made friends with the boy. I can picture the boy being separated from his parents, looking very scared and nervous. Of all the disciples, it would be Andrew who would go to that boy. It would be Andrew who would go to the shy person standing in the corner at the party. It would be Andrew who would look at the maiden, heavily burdened with something, obviously. It would be Andrew who would go to her. Andrew went to the boy, I speculate, and he helped him find his parents. But, but then he talked to the boy all during the day, told him about the best fishing hooks to use and where in the Sea of Galilee and what time of day was the best fishing time. And I can imagine the boy seeing the kindness that came out of Andrew. I can see the boy saying to Andrew, I have a meal here. I'm getting hungry. You want to share this with me? And when Jesus asked the question, how can we feed these people? It would be Andrew who knew about the boy and the lunch. And it would be Andrew who would know about many other people that day. He'd be working the crowd, not for power. He'd be working the crowd to see who needed some help. Rick Warren said in his book, I ask God every day to bring someone across my path that I can help. And every day since I read that some 15 years ago, I've asked God the same thing in the morning. Send someone across. That was Andrew. The doctor is too busy, but the nurse isn't. Thank you, God, for that nurse. The head coach is too busy, but the assistant coach tucks you under his wing. Thank you, God, for that coach. The CEO is far, far too busy. No one ever sees him. But his assistant secretary, thank you, God, for that secretary. Andrew was interested in people. And a man or woman with such a nature is used so mightily by God 
for the apple pies and the shoveling of snow and the suppers that are delivered and the bags that are picked up and uh, the children who are bullied and the students who are bullied. It's the Andrews that see this in their face and come to them. There's one last picture of Andrew. It is time for Jesus to climb the cross. He's waiting for the moment. And in the gospel, the moment comes in this manner. The Gentiles came one day to Philip, a disciple. And they said to Philip, we want to see the Messiah. And what does Philip do? Philip does not take them to Jesus. He does not talk to them about the Messiah. What does he do? He brings them to Andrew. And he says to them, Andrew, these Gentiles want to know about Jesus. Did Philip have the skill set? Yes, he did. Acts chapter 8, he stops a chariot on the road and he asks the man, the Ethiopian official, what are you reading? And he says, I'm reading Isaiah. And Philip said, you understand what you're reading? And he says, no, I don't. And Philip goes and talks to him about He has the ability, Philip does. And he baptizes the Ethiopian. He has the ability But he realizes amongst the disciples, there is one who has a greater skill. It is Andrew. And he brings the Gentiles to Andrew. Says, Andrew, they want to meet Jesus. Oh, my goodness gracious. And Andrew begins to tell them about Jesus. And it is Andrew who, like he brought his brother three years earlier, He brings the Gentiles to Jesus. And when the Gentiles come, Jesus says, It is now time for me to be lifted up from this earth. For when I am raised up on that cross, I will draw all men to myself. The coming of the Gentiles was the message, the signpost that Jesus was to die. Andrew, 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 Andrew. You know nothing about him. You know everything about Peter. You know nothing about his brother, Andrew. Millions in heaven because of Billy Graham. But hundreds of millions in heaven because of the Andrews. There you and I, I pray, meet every single day. And if God were to say to me, Paul, would you rather be Peter or would you rather be Andrew? I wouldn't, wouldn't ask for a 24-hour deliberation. Wouldn't ask for a five-minute. Give me five minutes on that, God. I would just say, Andrew. No put-down of the Peters, how mighty they are in the kingdom. My goodness gracious. But the Andrews are the worker bees. And we work for one purpose, his kingdom. And the lifting of the burdens that other people have. Andrew, can God use ordinary saints? 
Would you rise as we pray? God told you who to pick as your disciples. Simon the Zealot, Matthew the tax collector, the loud man Peter, sons of thunder James and John. And you squeezed in Andrew because you knew that when the crowd of 10,000 were gathered, Andrew would be walking through that crowd, seeing who had some need. And you knew that Andrew would be the one who would tell the Gentiles about you, and then you would bring, and you knew that Andrew would go to his. If you had come to Simon Peter first, I don't think Simon Peter would have gone to his brother and said, Andrew, let me introduce you to Jesus. Simon Peter would have been there amongst the important people of the town. That's why he came to Andrew, because you knew what he would do when you came. May we do the same when you come to us as you have. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.